If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hey gang, Nat here, favour to ask. We are up for an award. Yep, <laughs> it took me a while to uh, work out quite how the hell that happened. But we are, the Sports Podcast Awards, no less. We are nominated in, unsurprisingly, the NFL category for Best NFL Pod. How about that? How about that? So help us out, please, if you can. If you got, I reckon it takes about 45 seconds. That's my guess. So head on over to sportspodcastawards.com. You've got to register, register your email and vote for us as your favorite NFL show. It's going to help us because quite frankly, we like a bit of chest puffing. But also, if we win that award, we think we've got a better shot of getting Drew Locke, Joe Judge, maybe even Urban Meyer on the show next season. And that is our wish list for next season, as you all well know. So head on over to sportspodcastawards.com, sportspodcastawards.com. And vote for the show. I appreciate it. Hello, welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. Gang, I don't need a big intro. We don't need any fanfare. I'm Mike Carlson and the best weekend of playoff football I can remember. Let's put them together. I and Mike, well, 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 as our friend Odie would say, we have seen, <laughs> we have seen some pretty wild rides in our time. You where does, where the hell does that Bills Chief game rank in terms of all time stormers? Well, it, it's up there with the best. I mean, you know, and you think about that, was it Baltimore, Kansas City or the Saints, Kansas City? Sorry, San Francisco a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. you think of the Patriots coming back against Atlanta, you know, that, yeah. that finish. This had a bit of, of everything in it. But I think on top of the the Tampa Rams game, it was probably the best doubleheader we've ever seen. Right. It's a great point on the Rams-Bucks game because it's a bit like a, a support act absolutely storming it and then and then Springsteen to the East Street come on and you just yeah. blow everybody yeah what, what's going to be what's going to beat this game you know right. and, and um, although they didn't have the benefit of having Sean Hockley as the referee oh. um, John John Hussey was taking a very laissez-faire kind of attitude toward the game there were only three penalties I think the whole game four maybe and um, at one point like Mahomes was running out of bounds and got clocked when he was out of bounds and Hussey was right there and watched it. And then he went and picked up, he picked up Mahomes and sort of patted him on the back. Off we go. Let's <laughs> so, get on with it. So, yeah. And you Could know, I'm just thinking. Hockley quote, because I thought, I, I know no, you're going to get against that. You'll love this. So this is after, after the game. And this of course is the uh, unsportsmanlike conduct flag on Brady. Brady, on Brady, which is Brady's never had one in his career. <laughs> by the way. Right. Uh, and they asked him why. This is what Hockley said. Why did he Hockley throw the flag on Brady? He got in my face in an aggressive manner and used abusive language. 
which Ooh. quite frankly, Mike, is, is how Ollie treats us before We're, pretty much every that's recording, true. right? That's true. And no one throws a flag on him. I've got to get my pearls and start clutching them. When you watch that play again, the weird thing is he was behind Brady. He's on the right side, you know, as Brady's throwing and Brady's turned to his left. But Larry Killens, who's the umpire, literally is three feet away from Brady, looking him in the face. And he's got he's crouched with his hands on his knees. And Von Miller comes in and gives him the helmet to helmet. And you see it. And Brady comes back. And for some reason, Brady turns around to Hockley. And after they're jawing for a couple of seconds, Killens comes into the picture and he's shouting and you can't see what he's shouting. Um, there's no microphone on it, but he's he is shouting. I think. And Hockley might have been flagging Killens <laughs> for taunting the taunting the referee for missing the call. But it was like, I didn't see it here. It's like he's the guy who saw it. And it's like, I didn't see anything. And it, it was I mean, those there were 45 yards of unsportsmanlike yeah, penalties, none of which should have been called. The hell I mean, I understand. I understand why he called Sue because Sue's pointing the finger and and Stafford's doing a good I, job. Acting. I still but think Sta it was a little late. Stafford literally. Kicked him in the balls. Yeah. It was Beckham. It was Beckham esque. You know, it was Beckham esque. Yeah, exactly. Kick. It was he. He did one of those pro wrestler things where you kick out of the pin, and then yes. he extended the feet a little <laughs> bit after he'd done that. Right. You know, a, a play or two later, or it must be the, the immediately the next play when we see Brady's bleeding and he's pointing to Hockley, saying, "Look, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding." Yeah. Did he? I immediately thought, did he cut himself? WWE style. <laughs> well, I was waiting. I, that, that's that's what you know. They they really missed that, you know, because. Because I was waiting for Collinsworth to say, you know, he's busted open. Yeah. <laughs> Von Miller's busted him open. That's Antonio but there you Brown go. So that, that was just kind of, yeah. And then and then Hockley trying to explain the, the call on the on the Mike Evans, Eric Weddle. Um, it's Weddle, as far as I can see, and I watched the whole game. Weddle made two plays in that game, both of which were late hits, <laughs> and one of which got called. Did you know, they're both Ramsey late hits on, on, Weddle, on defenseless after, receivers. After Weddle hit him, Jalen Ramsey's response was just incredible. Go look that, that up again, how Ramsey reacts to that. Um, we have got yeah. Mike. Oh, Ramsey's got another great one, too. You know, mm. I'm taking over on Mike Evans now, uh -oh. you know, and then Evans. Mike Evans. Evans Absolutely punks awesome. him out. Yeah, yeah really did. And I love Jalen Ramsey. You know I do, but Evans owned him on that one. We've got a lot of questions from the mailbag. I might that probably won't surprise you at all. So we're gonna Yeah, let's get into it so we don't gonna, skip them all the end. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna I'm gonna exactly right. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna weave him in to uh, the chat because there is so much to get into. My God. So just start let's start with Bill's Chiefs, right? The the numbers are just Ridiculous. Gabe Davis, four touchdown receptions in a single game. That's a playoff first. Three go-ahead touchdowns in the final two minutes, a playoff first. There were effectively four, Mike, four successfully completed two-minute drills in one two-minute yeah. drill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the best tweet I saw, and I'm trying to remember who I'm trying to remember who put it up, but you know, Dallas fans are looking and asking how come the how come the Chiefs can kick a field goal in 13 seconds mm. from, and, and Dallas was, can't uh, get a playoff. Was it Mike Tanier? No, it was uh, it was Henry Hodgson, handsome Hank. It was Henry. Henry, that's right. It was Henry. Yeah, because I said to him, best tweet of the day, Hank. Yeah, and, and um, yeah, and Dallas can't even get a playoff in thirteen seconds. <laughs> now, a lot of people did write in, and if I'm anticipating mm. somebody uh, that you had on the list, I apologize. But you know, asking shouldn't they have kicked it into the field? You know, not kicked it through the yeah, end so zone. So let's break through that last that last thirteen seconds. Then, so how on earth did the Bills let Mahomes and Co back in yeah. to the game with thirteen seconds remaining? So let's start well, with that. 
and, and yeah. the kickoff first of all the rationale to me the kickoff's the key thing um or the first key thing mm-hmm. um if you most teams have worked and you can remember Goskowski was a master at it for the mm-hmm. patriots which is i think why he li- lingered on for a year or two when his when his kick was no longer kind of like at the top level, but it sunk a level down because he could put a kickoff inside the five, but outside the goal line pretty, pretty regularly on a dime. And that's what you want ideally in that situation, because, you know, especially if they don't have Cordero Patterson um, or Debo, you know, returning the kickoff, you, you got to figure your coverage unit is going to be able to keep him around the 25 or less. If if he fields the kick, mm. but the clock starts once he fields the kick. Mm-hmm. If, if no one touches the ball and the kickoff, the clock never starts. So if you kick it through the end zone, you don't take any time off the clock. So let's assume that you kick it short, even if you squib it deep, they get the ball maybe at the 30, say, you know, instead of the 25. But you've taken four or five seconds off the clock. So right. now they've got nine seconds to work with instead of 13. That's one play gone. Yeah. And the Chiefs. You know, Andy, Andy was a master of clock management for the first time I can remember. And he hadn't used any of his timeouts. None of those stupid, you know, let's take a timeout to see what they're going to do kind of things. Mm-hmm. So he had three timeouts so they could do whatever they wanted play calling wise, which they did. Um, mm-hmm. And for some reason, <clears throat> and, and we saw a similar thing with the Tampa, with Tampa and the Rams, at the end of the game where, you know, for some reason they decided to blitz. Um they sent the extra rusher, I think, and I think Romo was all over that. They sent four uh, because four had been very – four is their normal rush and had been very successful for them. But they left a real soft spot in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And, and you, they were defending the sideline, even though the middle of the field was there. When, when I say defending the sideline, what it means is that your safeties are wider so that they can come up on the sideline play and, mm-hmm. and not let it go for yardage. And so, you know – it was a beautiful play with Hill running that cross mm. and they didn't play it well. And then, you know, and then to leave Kelsey, you so, know, be sitting yeah. there in the middle with Kelsey with no one on him on the second. Kelsey, you know. Kelsey explained that just, just I want to get to that in a moment, just to jump back to the play before, right? The Hill play, because they were playing too deep safety look, weren't they? Did you get a sense that the bills were given the way? And that's no surprise, maybe given the, the two minutes that had immediately uh, occurred before this, but a lot of people criticizing why were they playing so conservatively when it, it's, when it's a field goal to tie? Yeah. Do you think they thought it, there's it, a very it, real danger that Chiefs yeah. were going to burn them and win I the think, game? And I think that's a very good point because the Bills play, you know, the, they play too deep most of the time. They're they're, they're basically Ron Rivera, um, you know that that shell defense, um, and that means they dare you to beat them by coming up the field in increments, expecting that sooner or later they will make a play or you will make a mistake or both. Um, and that, that's the way they play. And, and they were, they're the best defense in the league, statistically speaking. So, so you, you can't really argue with that. But in this situation, because they were laying deep instead of, you know, instead of keeping the, the situation in mind, um, as Hill came across, and I think Romo made the point very well that what you don't want to do is let him get across your front when you're the when you're the coverage, when you're the corner in coverage. And your help was too deep, as you just said, you know, because mm-hmm. the safeties were deeper, they there wasn't anyone there to come up. And normally you're still okay because they're the safety zone. That's why they're called safeties. So the, the crosser's not going to kill you. But of course it's Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. 
And he'll just outran the, the safety mm-hmm. who should have made the play there. He just mm-hmm. ran right, you know, right by him, not right past by. him, just by him in front of him and and, and got the extra yards and out, and out of bounds. Um, the Kelsey you know, play. And then so, what Kelsey explained, he can probably yeah, explain you, it better than I can. Yeah, this is, uh, oh, no. <laughs> this is what he said. Uh, he, I told uh, Mahomes he's talking about, I told him, I'm probably not going to run the route that's called and I was going to run to the open area. And in his cadence, in Mahomes' cadence, he was yelling to me, do it, do it. So Kelsey said, I'm not going to run what I'm told. I'm just going to find the open yeah. space and I'll find me yeah. there, basically. We call that hole in the zone. That that was the that was the term. I think when the, the guys started doing the stats on every play, you know, like with charting every play, um, a pass would be complete to a hole in the zone. <laughs> Um, and that's, you know, is you you watch Gronk and, you know, he'll just run out there. And then as the quarterback's uh, going, he'll he'll drift, you know, um, into that spot because the defenders are generally watching when you're playing a zone. You're watching what's in front of you. Right. So you're looking at the quarterback. It's the advantage of playing a zone when you're playing a mobile quarterback. because You right. keep your eyes on him well, where you're playing man to man. You have to keep you know, you're trying you're chasing, yeah. chasing all the time. So, um yeah, so Kelsey found that spot, and they were in in field goal range. And and Harrison Butkus, my, the toughest kicker in football, <laughs> the, um, the comeback kid, after you know, didn't, what had gone down. Yeah, and that's the other thing that people people are arguing about this game incessantly. But let's remember, if Harrison Butkus doesn't miss a field goal that he usually makes and mm-hmm. doesn't miss an extra point, we don't go to overtime. We, yeah, right, right. Well, well, right, and one of a number of kickers. Hey kick a love this weekend that that held that over we'll get into that on the kelsey and hill show because you and i over the season and i think it's fair to say that we have we were certainly amongst the karma let's reserve judgment let's not get carried away with the chiefs are finished which was flying everywhere for a lot of the season however we had noted demonstrably their offense had sputtered for the first half of the season. And one of the questions we asked at the time was, can a team built like this survive deep into the playoffs with a reliance on a couple of big playmakers? And I know it's not as simple as that, but for the record, Kelsey and Hill, 19 catches, 246 yards, two touchdowns, and the clutch plays of the game as far as the Chiefs offense was concerned. Yeah. Um, what's going on here is is what we said all season. There are two things that we said basically all season, I think, is one is any game you're picking Green Bay, you're basically picking Aaron Rodgers. You know, mm. it's it's how much can he do to carry that team on his shoulders. Two with with Kansas City, they will eventually come right because what happened at the beginning of the season was everybody watched the Super Bowl and figured, okay, now we know how we can stop Kansas City. And it took them a little while to adjust to that, you know, to the idea that everyone was going to play them too deep, basically, one way or another, you know, or, or, or going to they weren't going to play one one high or even even like cover three. And um also, their defense was malfunctioning, and two things happened. You know, around the same time, Andy Reid adjusted by by running more, by getting the yep. running backs more involved in, in the game. The threat not the many, run. not many teams have Levante David and Devin White who can play in the middle and get all the way to the sidelines to stop swing passes as they happen. Um, uh, strange enough, the Bills are one of them, or at least a half of them. Milano can do that. Edmonds is fast enough to do it, but he's not always kind of in the right position to do it. Um, he doesn't read plays to, as well as White or, or uh, David do. Um, and, and of course, they make they have two great safeties. You know, They have a really strong pair of safeties back there, Buffalo does. Um, but the other thing that happened was the defense – 
especially after they picked up Melvin Ingram and they moved Chris Jones back to tackle, their defense became much better. And Belton, the rookie linebacker, integrated himself much better. So that with he and with him and Gay in there, they could stop the run a whole lot better. And they weren't losing that much um, to to the uh, pass because they were only playing two linebackers. And and then they had um, Hitchens there too, you know, mm. to do pass coverage as well. So so the defense got better, which means they didn't need as many points. And the offense got better, and they were controlling the ball more. You know, and Niang went down. That offensive line was a real machine. Um, Wiley hasn't played that badly um, since replacing him at right tackle. But, you know, Niang went down. Remmers is down as well, who would have been the first right tackle in there. And you remember Remmers was playing left tackle in the the Super Bowl um, last year. Um, so, you know, I, I thought all that sort of came together at the, at the right, at the right time. And the, the only bit of questionable coaching, I think, um, was when they, just after I had tweeted, you know, after I think it was, it was, um, Tyreek Hill's big play in, in regulation. Um, and I said, this is what you do. You put the ball, you give the ball to your playmakers and you watch them make plays. And then they, they put bell bell in at tailback, you know, they, to run one of those, he was the belldozer, you know, in college, uh, mm. quarterback, uh, option quarterback, and they put him in a tailback. And you could almost see Mahomes kind of standing there uh, out at wide receiver, going like, "Why am I here? <laughs> you know, why am <laughs> I not playing quarterback?" I don't agree and with I, this. I could that that was the one I just couldn't figure out. But otherwise, they, they called a pretty good game. They got great, good performance from Clyde edwards hilaire yeah. and McKinnon, neither neither of whom were playing it, you know, early in the season, right? Um, uh, for, for injury and other reasons. So, you know, I, I just thought it was sprints. And, um, you know, and I think as well, when when um, when uh, Gabriel Davis made Mike Hughes fall over, uh, anyone, any receiver, you know, it, that's like, let's go to, let's go Monday morning and watch tape. That? And let's just play, let's just play that 100, 150 times. That is the NFL equivalent of a, a nutmegging a keeper. And believe me, that's happened to me plenty of times, I can tell you, uh, on the wrong end of that. Right. Speaking of the mailbag, because uh, there are a ton. So, I, like I said, I'm going to weave it through in, uh, a few in, I should say. And on that point of defense, Bill's one of the best defenses in the NFL. The Chiefs are much improved defense as the season has gone on, as you've identified, Mike. So, Ryan Davis asks, obviously, Bill's Chiefs are classic, but would the two defenses stepping up have raised it even further? So how much of this was on shortcomings on the night with the two defenses? Well, you know, um, I mean, 78 points scored. <laughs> well, admittedly, 24 of those were <laughs> 24 of those were in the last two minutes of the game. And then another <laughs> right. another say um another uh six, six were in, in, uh, in overtime, right? In the overtime. So that's 30 of the of the points were scored, you know, after the two-minute warning. Um I, I think what happened to an extent was the defense is tired. Yeah. The Chiefs defense is shorthanded in the secondary and was even more so when Teran Matthew, and you can't underestimate his importance to, to that because he's one of those hybrid guys we've talked about during the season um, who can, you know, basically do the jobs of both a safety and a linebacker, occasionally a slot corner as well. Um, but they depend a lot on his ability to 
to read the plates to know which of those jobs he's filling at, at that time. And so when he went out and Sorensen comes in, it weakens them in a number of ways, uh, you know, particularly in pass coverage, which is part of the reason why Gabriel Davis is the guy who had the big play. They they kept Stefan Diggs pretty well controlled. In check. Yeah, they did. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, Diggs only caught short passes. For, yeah. You know, he had one late, late in the game. Um, but that did leave Davis basically man covered and he ate, he ate that up and, mm-hmm. and, and give Allen credit for having the faith in him to sort of, cause, cause the other thing that happens is that both Allen's and Mahomes, you can defend them well and you still lose the play. Yes. Good example, fourth and 13 that Allen made in the last two minutes. I mean, he was twice he should have been tackled mm. um, as he was scrambling around. But when he's scrambling around like that, it tires your defense out more, obviously, for the next play. But he has more time to get a receiver on a broken play. So you can do everything right. And then all of a sudden, it's a scramble drill. And if you miss the first step, you you're, you can be beaten. So a lot of it is down to that. Um, mm. And and because of the this, they're not unique characteristics, but you know that unique ability of the, these quarterbacks to um, um, to escape pressure. Uh, and um, I thought they did a great job in the second half of containing Allen as a runner. Yeah, um, and the running game full stop. I mean, Singletary had what yeah. he averaged two point six a carry. The much maligned Chiefs run defense held firm pretty well against Josh Allen. Again, it's no secret is you want to hold him in the pocket. You don't want to let him run. Um, the, the the idea that they switched in the last like month of the season to a lot of designed runs, a lot of sort of single wing football, made it harder to do that. Because there was a play late in the game where Kenny Clark got beaten around um, left tackle by um, by Allen and Clark was there, but he he needed to take a step over the line. This is one of the things when you if you've ever played against a single wing team, which I have you they used to teach you, you know, is to set the edge. You can't set the edge at the line of scrimmage or the point of attack have to take a step into the back field and Clark didn't do that and Allen went around him you know he just had that that extra side because you don't want you to, you don't do that because you don't want to be beaten to the inside if, he, if he's going to take that inside route but but in the old single link that they would tell you if you were at the end to push everything in just don't let him get outside you don't make the tackle just don't let him get outside you someone else will come up and make the tackle I was good at that because I didn't have to make the tackle <laughs> <laughs> yeah I bet you were uh, here's another one from Paul Murphy thanks for the question Paul at the NC show instantly it's how you get in touch with the show speaking of Josh Allen were Josh Allen's performances asked Paul in the last two games the greatest ever by a quarterback in the history of the playoffs yeah I mean he played he played really well no no question about it um and you know the question I think ongoing is is whether he can continue to to carry the Buffalo team Ooh. you know if they're going to use him in that kind of single wing manner nobody's indestructible and yeah, yeah. you know and and um you're you're some people will say well if you're not standing in the pocket taking hitch you're you're actually less likely to get injured, but but really running back get injured so much because there's so much strain on your legs while you're running. It's not necessarily the fact that you're being tackled, but it's that you're always twisting your knee ligaments and your ankle, you know, your ankle ligaments uh, as as you're going. So that's just the the price you pay. You know, look at um, mm. so so you look at like Lamar Jackson 
yeah. you know, being hurt this year. And it's interesting to me because Greg Roman, who's the offensive coordinator, he had he had a quarterback just like this when he and, and Harbaugh's brother, Jim, were in San Francisco and his name was Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. And and he had the same strengths and limitations that um, Jackson. I think Jackson's probably a better all around runner and a slightly better passer, maybe. But unless you can unless you can get guys like that to be able to execute the pass game when you have to when the run game's not there and you can, you know, and, and also to get the defense's concentration off the run game, then you're, you're, you're going to, Oh God, then you're going <laughs> to, unless you can do it and it's get it and get the defense's concentration <laughs> off the run game, then, yeah. you know, then it's always going to be a, a difficult proposition. There is another question I want to get into, and then we've got to talk overtime because actually quite a few of, of the sure. mailbag, unsurprisingly relating to overtime. And as you suggested a bit earlier on, Mike, there is uh, outrage across the board at the, uh, the, over, the overtime rules have to be changed. I know you have a strong opinion on that, but before we get into that overtime conundrum, Abbas has got in touch and appreciate this as well, Abbas. After back-to-back losses, I think this is a great point. After back-to-back losses to the Chiefs in the playoffs, is there a possibility that we could see a Bills hangover next season and they go down the Seattle route where they just don't recover? It was a a really important point. A lot of people showed that footage of, or the footage was doing the rounds anyway, of Stefan Diggs after last year's defeat, the only Bill on the field standing, watching the Chiefs. And uh, this year, the manner of that defeat, it is an incredibly difficult thing to bounce back from. So do you think there is anything in the, the hangover argument that people chuck around after Super Bowls are lost that the Bills so close two years in a row are going to find it hard to motivate themselves a third time? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I think they might, they may well, you know, they may well lose their offensive coordinator. They may, may well lose a couple of key players. Um, and that's sort of a bigger worry, I think, uh, for them is how they may lose their defensive coordinator too. For sure. that matter, you know, sure. Leslie Frazier could get it, could get a job. Um, so th- there's that, you know, and successful teams tend to lose players out of contract because other teams will overvalue them. And, you know, in, in terms of the market that they, their own team can afford. Right. But, you know, I, I just think they're, they're too talented, you know, and, and, and the talent is on both sides of the ball. It's, it's been v- built, fairly carefully and and really the least talented unit on the team coming into the season and probably through the season too would be the offensive line. And they held up pretty well in the playoffs Um, and, and even in the loss to the chiefs and they've got a difficult job with, with Josh Allen back there. Um, So, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that's, that's really a factor. I think Romo said at one point they had to, you know, first get past the the uh, hex of the Patriots in order to win the division. Yeah, they've done true. that two years in a row now. And now they just have to learn to get past Kansas City. You know, a better season to get that home game in Buffalo would be the first step. Right, I think that's how that's that's the first way you yeah. get past the Chiefs. It's a great point. I, I don't think many have made actually. Yeah, I think that that did have significant bearing the way that Arrowhead was rocking at the end there. And uh, the uh, okay, let's talk overtime. Let's get into that because everyone is saying well not everyone, not everyone not everyone most people are saying not most time. people <laughs> I, th- I think they are i think most people are saying that the rules need to be changed They're pretty much every single editorial i've read this morning today has referenced it and at the very least has said 
this could well mean in the offseason, the NFL are going to take a look at the overtime rules and change it. Now, I, I, I know your position on this. You're going to share it with our listeners, of course, Mike. That, let me frame the argument. There, People are saying it isn't fair on the Bills because after a game like that, they should have an equal shot at the end zone. It shouldn't be down to, to a coin flip. Now, of course, the overtime rules changed a handful of years ago from 20, yeah, 2010, 2010. Uh, oh God, is it that long? Okay. And so then, 11, and then 11, 20, yeah, 2012, I think for the, for the regular season as well. So the, it was the coin flip next score wins, right? Which was ridiculous before that it was sudden death. Yeah. Yeah. So the, those critical of the current rules think that both teams should be given a shot to, to hit the end zone. Your argument, if I understand it correctly, Mike, is that, Everybody is emphasizing offense here. The Bills' defense had a shot to stop them, so it so therefore it's fair that it's an over yeah. I mean, over focus on offense. Everybody usually says it's it's unfair that they lose without having a chance. Well, they had a chance was to stop the Chiefs from scoring a touchdown, and I think that the current rule, which was put in kind of as a compromise, was a very good compromise. You know, they didn't want to lose the feeling of Southern death. You know where where you have to play for the instant. Um, you know, not 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 sort of tactically. So they kept sudden death, but it was too easy to win sudden death by field goal because kickers have gotten so good that right. you could take the kickoff. You know, if you returned it to the forty, you were you were basically one first down away from kicking the um, the, field, the winning field goal. Mm. Um, so they said, okay, it's sudden death if you score a touchdown. If you do anything else, the other team gets a possession um, to equal or better you. And, and I think that works really well because there is a problem with a two-possession overtime, which is what we saw in NFL Europe for a while. And I can remember the first time it was ever done was up in Scotland. With a two-possession overtime, the team that wins the toss elects to receive, unless you're Scotland with Gene Dahlquist coaching you, and then you kick off, which... <laughs> just shocked everybody. But the reason that you you kick you reason that you kick off instead of receiving is that you, you then know what you need to do. Mm -hmm. If the other team doesn't score, you can play it like a normal game, go down for a field goal if right. you want. You if they score it. a field goal, you know you need a touchdown. If they score a touchdown, you know you need a touchdown. Um, but a you know, but a field goal will keep the game going. A touchdown will keep the game going. Right. But your advantage is you've got four downs to do it. Every every possess every every series you have after that is a four down series mm -hmm. because you have no alternative. If, if sure. they score, if they you score a touchdown, you've got four downs starting from the kickoff. Yeah. Uh, on each one, that to me is pretty unfair. It's a big advantage. Uh, it's a great point. It change it. It, it's a huge advantage. And I went back and tried to find all I could get was through 2019. So I don't know about the last two seasons, but through 2019, from the time that the rule changed, you had 118 games that went to overtime mm -hmm. and 59 of them exactly half were won by the team that won the coin toss. Okay. But 44% were won by the team that lost the toss and 6% ended in ties. You know, I think that's three games over overall or mm. six games, whatever it was. But only 39% were won on the first possession by the team that won the coin toss. 39. So, interesting. Yeah. So that basically, if you win, if you lose the coin toss, but stop the other team, 
from scoring, You're from getting a touchdown. Likely to you actually win. have a better chance yeah. of winning from that, yeah, yeah, point, yeah, that yeah. point on. But okay, and I, I just think I just think it works because it, people say, "Oh, you've got to give them, you know, they've got to give them a chance to score." But why? You know, I, I don't, I, I don't understand. It's like saying that a boxer was knocked down in the eighth round. You know, you, you have to give him a chance to finish the other two rounds. <laughs> sure, um, I, I get that. Or, and, and or I get- you know, or. You know, uh, I remember a guy asking me after the NBA finals, I think it was on on Sky, you know, um, well, what do they do with the other three games? <laughs> you know, who 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 who, play, who plays, who, you know, who how do they play the other three games? I said, no, they don't play the other three games. It's not like a tour or a test When it's over, it's over. Oh, you God, know? and painful it is. But, you know, I, so, I, you know, I understand people. People are immature now. They've got the ex- attention span of gnats. They they hey, think everything should be like bass. Steady on. Yeah, no, I didn't mean that. Yeah, 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 sure you did. I get um, it. Some really the, good points, Mike. You know, they want everything to be like basketball. Lots of points, lots of scoring. Everybody gets another. Everybody gets another chance. A participation trophy for everyone. Um, you know, it, it's all offense. We have to see the quarterbacks. You know, Josh Allen didn't get to take the field. His parents are going to be really upset. Um, hey, you know, he's I, he's I, we had the same That's argument good. when the Chiefs lost to the Patriots in the in the division game. Yeah, it broke. Um, it, no, sorry, it was the AFC championship, championship game. game. Yeah, it broke. When Brady, Brady marched them down um, on the in the overtime, and they won. And I made the same argument there. You you want to win? Stop them. Yeah, but you know? and here's Why the but. You're, you're he, Buffalo. You're the best defense in the league. You're the number one ranked defense but. in the league. Defense but boo hoo, we didn't get a chance to play offense. My my God. <laughs> Is this on? Do you want to? Do you want to say something? The rest of the show. Jesus, would that be okay? <laughs> <laughs> I some really some really valid points, but the, the the one side of it I don't agree with that, and it's really interesting hearing the stats as well. And I think you make a really really key point on the coin toss and the uh, and the electing to to kick or receive and the edge that gives you defense. And as was evidenced from the last two minutes of last night, they were so knackered, so so tired after that 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 I don't feel it's necessarily. So unless- let's make them play another series. Let's make them play an extra series after after you score, because you're so tired. I mean, yeah, you either care about them being tired or you don't. You know, it's it's like it's not. I don't think. I, I, I why, like not, the fact- why not play seven on seven? Just play well, skelly hey, some, skelly drills. You know, some no, good suggestions no, coming in from no, our listeners, Mike. So most no suggest suggests uh have one drive each if the scores are still tied that a kickoff contest between the kickers right yeah this is the soccer yeah. yeah basketball's not bad enough we're going to make it like yeah. soccer i mean i was you can't believe the shock i had when i first came to britain and I'm, i watched my first overtime game uh, extra time and they scored i said oh great they won someone looked they said no no it's still good <laughs> so what no they've got to play they've got to change sides and play another 15 minutes i said what <laughs> the, the game's over. No, it's not over. And then it ended a draw and they had a replay the next week in Leeds. I think that's what they should do with the NFL playoffs. If it ends in a tie, they shouldn't play overtime. They should have a, a replay in Leeds. It just, only in Leeds. That's if the float will fly over to Leeds. The, um, I was actually thought you were being serious for a few seconds about a replay. <laughs> I, was to, I was starting to consider the idea. I quite like the idea of a replay. Yeah, yeah we the, can have a field goal shootout. You know, the kickers, well, kick, the kickers kick from the from the 40 and then the 45 and the 50 until, you know, one of them misses. I quite, I quite like that. I wonder if we'll ever see some kind of the equivalent of a penalty shootout at some point in decades. Why would we want to? I'm not saying we'd want to. I wonder if we would see it though. Well, for the reasons you've just said, the kind of probably because the world is 
the world is going so stupid now that mm. it's probably the next thing along. You know, that's why. That's why. I said do it I might sound happen. like a crotchety? Do I oh, sound like a never. crotchety old man Mike, or what? Never did. Hey, we haven't even got into <laughs> officiating, particularly or the, the quantum realm yet. So God, I, I've burned myself out this season. This season on the on the officiating. We'll have to rest you up in the office. Every year nice gets worse. You know, oh, and, God, don't and stop. the don't reason Mike, don't stop. No, and the reason it gets worse is they try to address it and they address it by making it more complicated and more subjective. So it, it, it has to get worse. You know, they ensure that it will get worse the following season. I'm going to write. I'm going to write to the NFL and say um, one of the most beloved broadcasters in this country. We've been covering the game for so many. The NFL. He would. He would love. He would love nothing more than a, a two weeks secondment to hang, to hang out. With a competition committee. Yeah, with a competition committee. And also if you could squeeze in a 24 hour visit to the Fox Command Center as well. So he could just sit and observe. He'd love that. He'd really, <laughs> really during, the elec- during the elections, the US elections. Um, yeah, me and Mike Pereira drinking Tito's. That, that's, kind of, that's kind of my dream, you know? <laughs> I say, I'd say, Mike, Mike, how come you can, how come if you're a lineman, you can move up and down and you can wave your arms around and you can never really get set and the other team if they move gets called for encroachment <laughs> i bet i bet you it used to be the other way around it used to be the other way around if you're an offensive lineman you couldn't move a muscle we are going to get on to other games now because we're already 40 yeah. minutes and change into this Carlson, yeah, let's go one game at the moment so we're flying here so actually one of our listeners did suggest there's no way we're going to get this into one hour and you were spot on whoever you are that's true uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesse props, Bates was one of my players of the weekend. I, oh, I think he's, Jesse I think he's Bates. just so good. I've been saying that for two years now. I couldn't agree more. And you are absolutely someone who has had him on our radar for a long time. And yeah. he was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Overall, because so much emphasis is on Burrow, obviously McPherson with his clutch kick. Uh, the yeah, Titans, rookie of the year. Forget Jamar Chase. Did you hear what Evan McPherson said? Uh, apparently, no, when he was warming up uh, for the for the walk-off, uh, game-winning kick. He was warming up, took a couple of practice swings on the sideline. I said to Brandon Allen, the Bengals quarterback, just took a couple of kicks, sized him up, just apparently said to Allen, yeah, we're going to the AFC Championship. <laughs> and then went on and kicked the winning <laughs> field goal. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he's he's amazing. He had that game where he kicked three over 50 yards, you know, mm. um, when, when they beat, uh, was it Kansas City? Was that the Kansas City game? Or he was one, so- one of the games. He, he's money. I mean, they all, he's, they all are. And they all, Romo had this great quote about, about Butker. Um, Justin Tucker's, you know, head, uh, far and away the best kicker in the league, but Butker's right behind him. And I think it was Aaron Schatz, the football insider, said, if he's far and away <laughs> the best kicker, how can anyone be right behind him? Right, but oh, pedantic, pedantic much. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, but, but I think McPherson, I love, I love pedantry, though. Well, well, um, I do, think but- is is now, you know, this year at least has to be one of the two or three best kickers in the league. It does definitely, definitely in that. And, and representative of this culture of the Bengals, which I think gives them a, a puncher's chance against the Chiefs, right? Burrow, Chase, McPherson, this young, fearless. I mean, to be, you know, they beat the Chiefs. Yeah, they smashed it. They beat the Chiefs earlier a couple of weeks, not just a couple of weeks ago. But I mean, they really got the benefit of a lot of bad calls questionable call it's mm. a lot of borderline calls that all went against the chiefs on yeah. pass plays yeah. uh, but this is going to be the, the question you know if you look at what the buffalo receivers did to the chiefs then jamar chase can do that as mm. well you know and and that's not to put down t higgins or boyd but teams aren't going to worry that much about t higgins and boyd beating them they they win because they can't those guys win because there's a concentration on chase on chase but chase like tyreek hill 
he does that same thing, you know, of of stopping. You know, he makes the catch and he, he gets turned around really quickly. So he's square to the defender. And then it's like cat and mouse or, or yes. you know, cobra and mongoose, <laughs> you know, and like Ty, like Ty, Tyreek Hill does. Tyreek Hill shouldn't be the cheetah. He should be the mongoose. Roadrunner and clarity. <laughs> That's I a think. good nickname. Yeah. The other great Jamar thing. Chase and, and I won't Mike, claim, like, yeah. I was going to say, Jamar Chase on against the Chiefs. Just that was the game he had 280, uh, 266 yards, whatever. It was yeah. a crazy number, right? And and three touchdowns and Burrow was absolutely on fire as well. So that does that does bode well, but just the, the just the point on fearlessness, which I think is maybe the biggest surprise of all, right? With this Bengals side going into these situations, they don't seem phased at all. At Burrow, McPherson's a rookie kicker, and he just calm as you like takes care of yeah. it. How yeah. much of that is down? Do you think to a coach who has been certainly going into this season anyway? significantly maligned and even for a lot of this season people yeah. saying well i don't think he's the right guy i'm not sure he's the guy to take them forwards but the culture within the bengal side is it how much can we put down to zach taylor is it because all these rookies it, are just it, generational it's good, talent it's a good it's a good point and um i think in some cases young coaches are good for young players there mm. there, there can be a generational kind of divide um, which used to be the argument why no one should be coaching after like age 55. I think it was Peter King who said that, that, you know, no, there's never been a good coach over age 55. And then, and then watch Bill Belichick, Belichick and Coughlin, Coughlin. In, the, in the Super Bowl that year, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's Peter King. Um, but also, you know, but Taylor takes justifiable heat because Burroughs left. He doesn't have a great offensive line. Um, you think <laughs> you know it, it, it's not as bad necessarily as it looks, but but he leaves Burrow back there alone <laughs> a lot, and Burrow takes a lot of sacks. Um, and he's learned Burrow's already learned to Burrow <laughs> basically the Tom Brady kind of thing where you just you know you you crawl into a shell and let and let them hit you. Um, also, Burrow should now be you know he's the donkey of all time. What is it? Well, instead of goat, you know, the goat, he's mm. the donkey of all time since he's a burrow. Right? Oh, so <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, when, when I worked for UPI, the style book had burrow in there, you know, burrow, 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 um, like part of New York City. And, you know, and it said bur- <laughs> burrow, you know, one one is the, one is an ass and the other is a hole in the ground. And as a journalist, you're expected to know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the um, thing. That, that's what's in um, 30 Rock when the, the one of them's in a movie. They uh, they can't understand what she's saying when she says the movie. They're too embarrassed to uh, I'll find out and ask her because it's been going on for months and it's the rural juror. Do you remember? <laughs> the, the rural juror. The rural juror. The rural juror. Yeah. And Doug Farrar pointed this out. I won't take the credit for it, but Burrow was sacked nine times and they won 1916. And someone said, you know, has this ever been done before? And, and Doug somehow dug out. 1966 AFL championship game, the Kansas City Chiefs against the Buffalo Bills. Len Dawson was sacked nine times by the Bills. You want to know who won? Not the Bills. <laughs> no, the Chiefs won 30, 31 to seven. Wow. Can you imagine being sacked nine times and winning by 24 points? <laughs> wow. I mean, it, the mind boggles. It, I, I have to find tape of that. Yeah, I love the fact um, that it's there. Um, but, you know, Tennessee had that game. Um, you know, they lost that game because Derrick Henry got stopped three times, three crucial times, but not tear. No, one was, one was um, Tannehill. 
Um, but Henry got stopped twice on fourth and one mm. um, the second time really badly because he, he didn't know where to go. How did he look to um, you, Henry? He looked like the guy who wasn't quite ready to play a lot. Yeah. Um, and you noticed it when Devontae Freeman came in. And Freeman, I don't know what his rushing stats were. Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman. Don, yeah, Dante Foreman. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that, Mike. Yeah. yeah. And you noticed it when Dante Foreman came in. And I, I didn't look up his rushing stats, but in my mind, he ran four or five times and gained, you know, eight, 12, seven, 15 yards each time he was hitting the hole more quickly mm. and the holes were there and Henry wasn't getting to the holes as quickly as he might have, or he probably would have had a couple of really big gains. Cause you know, he yeah. got eight or a couple of eight or 10 yard runs, but you know, if he'd been there a little quicker, he's probably through standing up on, on defensive back. So I think yeah, he averaged 3.1 a carry. Yeah, Henry. Uh, and, and, and he looked like he just, you know, he was slow getting started. And I think that's, mm. it's not that he's not healthy. It's that he hadn't played. You know, he he just needed that that game stuff. And, you know, and I think it's a little bit unfair to say that Tannehill, you know, his first pass was intercepted. His first pass, the second half was intercepted. His last pass was intercepted. I think yeah. that's a bit unfair to him, but he didn't have a great game, you know, in part because he was constantly in those situations where they had to pass yeah. um, to, to, make th- to make things work. He's copying a lot of criticism today, Tannehill, and Ollie was asking me earlier on, fair question, we were chatting about the games on, on WhatsApp and he was saying, what do the Titans do with Tannehill? And it opens up a whole can of worms because like anything, it's, well, what's the alternative, right? And and, and that was my immediate response. That's, was, that's the big part, yeah. Because he is good enough and solid enough. And I'm not, not never been a huge Tannehill fan, but I thought they'd worked out in Tennessee the best way, the most effective way to use him. And I'm not sure Todd Dowling, Todd Dowling would be the guy. I, I wasn't impressed by the play calling um, in, that, in, that whole, um, in that whole game for Tennessee. But I think they were around where they should be, even without, they were six and two with Henry. They were six and three before the playoff game without Henry. Um, so they wound up six and three each, each way. Mm. Um, you know, they beat Indianapolis twice, which sort of changed the tenor of their season because they knew once they'd done that, that they were in the playoffs, they were probably going to win the division um, from early on. And then they had four games against Houston and Jacksonville, which is mm-hmm. a gift to anybody. So I, I think they wound up about where we, you know, where we think they would be. And, and yeah. if they were going into Kansas city instead of t- Cincinnati, I don't think, you know, they might be a point Cincinnati, I think is six and a half. Mm. I think they might be four and a half, say, um, underdogs, but they would definitely be underdogs, underdogs. going into to, to Kansas City as well. Let's talk about. I thought, sorry, one other thing. I think they played really well defensively, and I think that you sure. know Mike Vrabel, if he's coach of the year, which is decided before the playoffs, yes, and right and rightly rightly so. Um, I, I think he deserves that. I think he will be. I think he will be, and I agree with you. I think he. I think he deserves it. On to Bucks Rams and, and inevitably all this. It's interesting. Started it started buzzing a, a, in the build up to the game, right in the week of the game, and more people started talking about it. So by the time the game hit, it was everywhere on social media. The comms were talking about it a lot, and then off the back of it, every other question to Brady is, "Well, what's happening? Are, are you retiring?" Brady's quote was interesting. I haven't put a lot of thought into it. I'll just take it day by day and we'll see. Interesting because that seems to be a very different answer to the one he's given in the 55 other years he's been asked the same question. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I actually think there's probably an element of truth in it unless he signed a deal to do some other kind of thing mm. because his competitive juices are probably stoked by this loss. You know, yeah. if they'd lost badly, it might be one thing, but you know, he played, he and the team played badly uh, for a half and then they, they woke up and they came back and showed that they could win, you know, and if they keep a talented team together, he he might still want to go out with a shot at another Super Bowl, you know, mm. and and when you look at his legacy, you know, a 14 and five season is not enough to, um, sure. you know, to to make you look bad after after winning a Super Bowl the previous year. Um, I thought a lot of breaks went against them. I thought the Rams, you know, played really well. I thought they defensively kind of like the the Bills got caught in those last two plays. Um, you know, in a defense, they shouldn't have blitzed on the second one. I mean, obviously there's a bit of, of outcome bias in that, but, but, um, that's, that's kind of the, the way you play that uh, for safety. You, you really want to go to the overtime in, in that situation. I, you know, and the that's their MO, Mike, as well, right? They've danced with yeah. them on the Brummie. They've been blitzing the hell out of it all season, right? So that's why yeah. they kind of roll. Yeah, roll that's what bowl, that's what Bowles does. And, and um, you know, and if they, if it had forced a turnover, maybe they can kick a field goal and, you know, and, and then it's a different story, but, you know, but, and Stafford almost turned the game into a Staffordish game. You know, well, a little bit on him. Acres, obviously, more so. Acres, they... Acres fumbled. Um, Twice. Yeah, the How bad snap deal... was not was not necessarily Stafford's fault. We don't right. know exactly what was said. Although I have to say that the snap came at him faster than any pass Jimmy Garoppolo threw in, <laughs> in Green Bay on, on Saturday. Um, Stop it. And he, what do you we know, do with Cam Acres, Mike? Because Acres is. Um... I, I, I just think you you write it off. Yeah, I really? mean, he okay. missed most of the year with 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 injury. Um, again, it, you know, it's the kind of thing of playing yourself back into. I don't think you know Cam Akers doesn't have a reputation as a fumbler, right? So you know, I know Henderson's probably coming back, um, but in long term. Uh, who was in long term? Uh, well, they went to him. They went to Cam Akers. They did um, b- before the second fumble. And they, they made the point in the comms, didn't they? They were saying, "Oh, I yeah. love McVeigh doing that," which is fair play. I love that too. But after the second time, I just wonder if it, they will be a little cool hand on. Yeah. Now, the with the lead, that was the time I thought to bring Sony Michelle in mm. and maybe work Pull a few more down. run plays mm. into yeah into that uh, kind of thing. They didn't Shanahan it. They didn't. You know, it wasn't twenty-eight to three blowing because you're simply refused to run the ball um, yeah. Yeah. And, and give it away that way. You know, it was flukes that that gave that away, and and probably the luckiest of all time people about Brady will probably um, have a field day. You know, saying, "Look at how lucky he is," even though he didn't win. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I've used this line already today, but I'll use it again because it's so good. Branch Rickey, the baseball general manager, said sure. it's a famous quote: "Luck is the residue of design." Yes, and in Brady's case, that's exactly what happens. You know, when when it comes, when you make the mistake and give him a chance to get back in the game, by design, he's ready for that. He's prepared for it. The, you know, the team should be prepared for it. Um, and, and that's what a lot of those situations, any quarterback who's won more than, you know, one Super Bowl or any, any big games, you can point to one or two plays in any game that had they gone another way, he would have lost, or if he lost, he could have won, you know, mm. Brady could easily have won every Super Bowl he's ever in. He could just have easily have, have lost all but one or two. Right. Um, right. 
you know, it's and, and such a good point. The, you know, I, I think it's because we put all our emphasis on the quarterback, and rightly so, because the quarterback is certainly the mo- part, maybe from goalies and ice hockey, the, the most important single player in a team sport. Mm. Um, it's funny know, you use that quote, Mike. That that's so surreal. That I was driving back from the Sky Sports basketball. It was in Sheffield on Friday night, and I had um, I dab- downloaded the Lombardi Mike Lombardi Gridiron Genius book, which is about his time with. Belichick and Bill Walsh yeah. and Al Davis yeah. and the quote was in the branch rookie quote which I had never heard before was, was it in that. Oh. was in that so it's the second time I've heard it in that's interesting because yeah I don't think I, I listen to Mike sometimes but I don't think I've heard him use that one I love it you know it's of course if he used it on air if he used it, it on air it would come out it, it would kind, <laughs> yeah. kind of come out like you know luck is the residual of <laughs> the residual luck well, is the residual of, of design you know I know you're a big um, listener to, and, to edge rush Mike and you know that propo uh, Ollie the producer drops all kinds of vignettes oh yeah of wisdom, oh yeah uh, which Mr. I uh, you'll be delighted uh, to hear regularly misquote Lombardi Lombardi style, yeah so. what's what's your name um, Malaprop Mrs. Malaprop Mrs. Malaprop Ali yeah. I think that's Ali that was Ali's grandmother. Um, the, the, um, uh, I, I liked um, in the San Francisco game, um, you know, obviously I, I wrote the Green Bay special teams were a problem, you know, even though Crosby was coming off a good game. Um, and obviously that was what decided the game. Um, I, I think it, I can't remember who was doing commentary on it. Um, mm. Might've been Ian Eagle. And, yes, it was. That's right. It was, it was Ian Eagle. Yeah. And, um, but they were talking about Debo and I, the, the obvious comparison to Debo in terms of his running is Cordero Patterson, you know, who also became a back in new England and return is one of the best kickoff returners I've ever seen. And the, the reason is vision. Um, they're both tall. They're both strong. Mm. which isn't what you usually expect from kickoff returners. You expect kind of speed and, and, and quickness, um, but they have great vision. They see holes as they open up and you see it when Debo's running, he'll be running to the right. And, and in his peripheral vision, he sees the hole open up to the left and he, and he cuts back. Uh, and it was the same kind of thing because his kickoff return was the other special teams. Everybody, everybody was talking about the block field goal, mm-hmm. the, the block punt for the touchdown, which was the only touchdown the, the Niners got, but Debo set up their field yeah. goal with that 45 yard kick return. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and that, and when you see it, it's the same thing as Carter. He sees those guys, the lanes coming down. He sees where there's going to be an opening. And, and, you know, to me, he was the MVP of that game, you know, quite easily. And, and I think, you know, going in to play the Rams, um, as long as they don't have to have Jimmy G passing downfield, as you know, as long as they can run their play action game and he has kind of like plays that evolve for him to hit receiver A and spot B or receiver um, C and spot D. And he knows that. I think they can be pretty effective. They've beaten the Rams twice. Obviously. Yeah. Why? Why In does fact, Shanahan um, have his have? Well, Shanahan's got the juju over Sean McVay. You you, you remember Sean McVay and and that pregame with Belichick, you know, oh, Mr. Belichick. So much a pleasure (laughs) to be playing against you. I'm really honored. And then you realize just as the game went on, he actually felt that, you know, it it, it sort of seemed evident. I I get the feeling there's something of that going on with him him and Shanahan. Mm. Um, Whereas when, when, you know, in this game where he's playing LaFleur, you know, and LaFleur was the, was always a step ahead of him with the Shanahan in the Shanahan family tree mm. um, until, until Gruden, Jay Gruden brought him in as the offensive coordinator of Washington. Washington. Right. Um, 
Yeah. So, you know, he and he and LaFleur were more evenly balanced. So Shanahan's six and oh against him, but that's the kind of streak you just think has to right, be logically. Yeah. Um, but as you saw, the, the Niners are formidable defensively. Mm. Um, it's gonna be an interesting matchup. Um and and I you know if if Kansas City were to be beaten, it would be because their secondary fails them. Mm. If the Niners are to be beaten, I don't think it's on secondary so much i mean obviously cop and and odell beckham the way he's playing now become a difficult combination um mm. to beat but you know but i i still think that game is more in play and um and the early the early line would would seem to suggest that the bookies think the same thing we've got to mention before we get into the other final question on the mailbag uh props to robbie gold the great robbie gold another clutch a yeah, performance from a kicker. Um, did you see the footage of him uh, as the Packers were taking the field, warming up, taking his kicks <laughs> right by them? Did you see? That? The yeah, Packers oh, were- he was <laughs> taking the kicks, and they they were introducing the players, weren't they? Yeah, they introduced the players. He was just yeah. happy as Larry. Yeah, usually they do that at the end where the other team's not. <laughs> <laughs> he could have turned around, I suppose, and, and kicked, but, but it stayed. He stayed cool. I I hate when the announcers say just before he's about to kick. It's it's almost as bad as the guy calling the timeout on the sidelines after the ball snapped, you know. And the, and uh, but they say you know he's never missed a playoff. Never kick. missed. Yeah. <laughs> and then okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh, the other the other thing about that game, um, since there's probably you know. 40% of America that Aaron Rodgers has defended now. Um, <laughs> and, and therefore his, you know, his job is, as host of Jeopardy and, and all-purpose pitch man is probably in Jeopardy. But um, Rodgers threw um, 27 passes, 21 yeah. of them to either to, to, to um, Devontae, Adams. Uh, Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones. And the, all the other receivers got six targets between them. 118 catches for 219 yards for those those two and the other guys got two catches for six yards. <laughs> I mean, if you want to point to why Green Bay lost, San Francisco cut off the run game and Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers cut off the pass game. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's I made an interesting quote as well. If we're going down that tip, uh, and actually, was it out? Was it Alan Chris saying how surreal it is that the top two by far? Well, maybe not by far, but the top two candidates for MVP. Uh, we don't know if they're coming back, back. season. Yeah, yeah, they might not be back. Uh, he said, this is Rogers, lots of decisions to be made. I don't want to be part of a rebuild if I'm going to keep playing. Why well, would he look you at- know, I, there aren't many places he could go where he would not be part of a rebuild. You know, the, mo- the most obvious one is Denver, who yeah. don't really need to rebuild. They're pretty well stocked apart from quarterback. Yeah. So and if he was he wants, linked with them, wasn't he? And this, yeah, this if, if that's what he wants. And it might be because before that, they were saying he wanted to go to the West Coast so he could pursue his go back home, his yeah. media career. And his girlfriend lives out there, apparently. Mm. Um, although any guy who can, you know, get dumped by Olivia Munn or dump Olivia Munn, you know, has some kind of problem. They're two very different things, though. We need to find out how that went down. That's, so, that's, so that's, that's true. When last yeah. time, you know, I got to get Olivia's number and ask her. You know? Yeah, we'll get her on the show, Mike. When actually, when we did that two week trip to <laughs> to New York for you to hang out with the with the officials, the uh, so you read that presumably that I'm definitely leaving Green Bay. Then I mean, there's no other way of reading that, right? If I'm going to, well, that's play, that's what he negotiated for before the season started, you know, and and on the one hand. On the one hand, uh, the front office is probably saying, "Okay, we won't have to deal with that anymore." But on the yeah. other hand, he's still, 
you know, he's still a generational talent as a quarterback. Sure. I mean, you know, you can argue that Brady, because he's he's gone through two two decades, you know, is is the but Rogers is almost matched him and i think rogers i always say he was aaron he was patrick mahomes before patrick mahomes came along you know and and it's absolutely true um he can he can lay in passes from any angle you know while falling backwards um while on the run throw he used to throw cross field all the time you know before mahomes was doing it uh no look passes which is kind of a euphemism because they always do look you know um (laughs) sure but you know and and he's the coolest quarterback around in the sense of not panic. Unfaceable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you you never you never see him make panic throws. You know, um, in the face of pressure, he's he's the best guy in the business at getting rid of the ball rather than rather mm. than taking a sack, um, which is part of the reason why he can keep going on at, at thirty eight. So, you know, I I would hate to see him stop playing because he still is at the peak of his game, more or less. You know, Brady statistically is at a peak. You know, not these aren't his really his best seasons. They've been his biggest seasons in terms of numbers. Yes, because the, the the Bucks throw so much. But you know, but statistically, you would say, yeah, he's as good as ever. You know, mm. and um, so you know, it, losing the two of them would would be kind of strange, and it would it would sort of shift the balance of quarterbacking over to the AFC for sure. You know, because yeah. the good ones there are primarily younger, and the the best ones in the NFC are you know throw Stafford in the mix. They're they're primarily older guys. To be fair, though, Mike, thank God we have that next generation that has emerged and it, and is playing at similar levels. Because we could have been dealing with six or eight years of Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> I mean, thank God. <laughs> well, somebody they- asked, is this the best young crop of quarterbacks to you know ever play in the AFC this week? Oh. Um, and I said, well, mm. just off the top of my head, you have Man- you had Manning and Manning and Brady and Ben and Rivers entering at about the same, you know, within the space of four years, I think. And um, the '84 pa- draft as well. You know, Carson so- Palmer was around that time. The '84 draft produced um, Marino, Elway, Kel- Kelly, Kelly, and Elway, as well as Ken O'Brien, Ken O'Brien. who yeah. wasn't a bad quarterback yeah. at all. You know, and, and Ken um, O'Brien's Carson Palmer kind of esque, right, in that kind of level. Yeah, yeah, very much. Um, Warren Moon was around yeah. at that point, but I think he was older then, and and Boomer was around. around Boomer was around, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it goes in cycles, you mm. know, and 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 um, um, and it's also a matter of you know, it's an interesting question. How good would Aaron Rodgers have been had he gone to San Francisco um, instead of Alex Smith? Um, mm. And how good would Alex Smith have been had he been drafted yeah, by yeah. the night, you know, the the forty by the uh, Packers with the twenty fourth pick or something like that? A lot of his situation, you know, um, and would he have won more than one ring if he'd gone to the 49ers, Do you think? Interesting question. Um, you know, would the coaching have changed? You know, would they have stayed with the same people because he made them better? He was there, yeah, yeah. Right. Than than Smith did. I I don't know the answer to that. I mean, it's all. It's all highly speculative, but so yeah. much of, of young quarterback is is situational. You know, um, Joe Burrow and Justin Abair um, have, to an extent, lifted their teams beyond what they should be capable of. Yeah, and I I think that's probably more true in Cincinnati than it is even in San Diego. Yeah, San Diego always seemed to look better on paper than they play on the field. And, you know, so. <laughs> sure. But yeah, you're so it's so true. Think about a slightly different situation, but again, 
it's very much about the luck of the draw that Dak bouncing to where he landed and then injury gives him the break. And then he's suddenly going into a playoff contending team. It's an altogether with a brilliant offensive line behind him, right? I mean, yeah. And it's probably unfair to say that you sometimes see why he was, you know, dropped to around, was it three or four? Um, three, you, I me- think you, went, you yeah. remember we were doing America Carnage then, and I was saying, Dak Prescott's the third best quarterback in the draft. And I was wrong. He was probably the best quarterback in the draft, as it turned out. <laughs> who was in but, that you know, draft? Looking from, who, did he, who did he go with? Um, what year was that? 2016, oh 2016, 2016? It was, was it Goff? Was that the Goff draft? I think he it went was in Goff. 16. Yeah, he went in 16. I think Goff was the first pick in that draft. So Goff, Goff Wentz were the top two. Of course, that was the big and decision. Wentz, yeah, and Goff was a big Wentz. drop off, right? And, then it and was... there was a big drop. He wasn't the third guy taken, but I think he was. I said at the time he was the third best guy in the in the draft. Yeah, I'm just going going down into Jacoby Brissett. Cody Kessler was taken ahead of him. Cody Kessler, Connor Cook was taken ahead of him as well. Connor Cook, yeah. Have I got yeah, that Cook wrong? was big. Cook was big. They liked him for that. Um, Jacoby Brissett was. Oh God, Brissett went to New England. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, because Belichick had been told by Bill Parcells, who was like a family friend of the Brissett family, that he was a good kid, you know, and and really hard, which he turned out to be. Yeah, uh, you know, and in in other circumstances, Brissett may have done better. Um, but you know, but um, wow, look, at, I'm just looking at some of the steals in this draft. Like so Kevin Bayard was a third round pick. Yeah. Yannick Ngokwe was a third round third pick. Round pick. Yeah. Austin Hooper was a third round pick. God, they got a lot of a lot of depth here. Yeah, he went fourth round. Uh, 130 uh, Dak, Dak, yeah. 135th overall pick. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, that was and Dallas wanted Dallas want if I remember correctly, Dallas wanted Paxton Lynch. Didn't oh, Paxton God, yeah. Lynch go just before just before Dak? Paxton Lynch. God, there's a name I thought of for a while. Uh he not just before no uh no he didn't from what i can who, see who went maybe it was connor cook they wanted they wanted some big guy big big thrower um yeah ahead of Dak. yeah and, connor and cook he well he went 100 he went in the fourth round as well to the raiders uh 100th overall it was a big guy wasn't he yeah yeah he, big strong guys that was your backup somewhere or he oh last seen for the houston roughnecks connor cook the Houston Roughnecks. The Houston where, Roughnecks in the XFL. In the XFL, XFL, yeah. XFL yeah. Where, where was Paxton Lynch wasn't in that draft? No, I can't see him. Hang on. Let me just look him up because where's Paxton? Here we go. He was drafted in the first round. Yeah. Of, the, of that okay. draft. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. I, was, yeah, I, was that's who da- I think down. Paxton Lynch was the guy who Dallas had their eye on. But then, and maybe Cook was their second choice. Um, and yeah, then they saw God. Dak was still there. Paxton was a first rounder. My God, I hadn't remembered that at all. Uh, interesting. I love going. Christian Hackenberg, Mike. Christian that. Hackenberg. Hackenberg. <laughs> <laughs> the Jets. He went to the Jets. He did. Yes. My God. Christian I, I, Hackenberg. Gonna, I am going to spend uh, the next hour going through old. Bill girls. O'Brien killed that kid when he left Penn State. <laughs> Bill, O'Bri- Bill O'Brien did? O'Brien recruited him and was the coach, I think, his freshman year. Hackenberg was like the number one quarterback in the country. The hot prospect. Oh, it's yeah. It's and then he never, concern. he never got any better at Penn State, you know, and, and had basically was, couldn't, couldn't adjust to the speed of the pro game. 
Here's one for Ollie. 121st overall pick in that, that draft, Ollie. Willie Beavers to the Vikings. <laughs> oh, Willie Beavers, one of my favorites. Yeah. Willie Beavers go. was tough. He was a tough player. God, Jordan Howard went in the fifth round. I mean, I am. Okay, I, I win. I win. Tyreek Hill, fifth round of that draw. My God, that's well, it. Tyreek Tyre Hill went in the fifth round for sp- specific yeah, other reasons. reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. were not going to get into that. Uh, Mike, what are you writing about this week in the Patreon column? Oh, that's a good that's a good question. I suppose I will have to mention these four games um, yeah, that were going on. I've I've got I've, it's about time I started picking my um, all pro and all rookie Ooh. teams. So I might okay. get started on that. Although usually that's for Pro Bowl week, since I will find it hard to highlight the Pro Bowl in my in my column. As exciting as it may be, I heard a promo during one of those games where they said the eighty eight best players in the NFL will be at the Pro Bowl. I said, huh. <laughs> okay, first off, we take away the two Super Bowl teams. Then we take away the guys who don't really want to go there because, you know, whatever the 10,000 bucks or whatever, the free vacation, wherever it is, you know, doesn't yeah. doesn't appeal to them. Uh, then we take away the guys who were snubbed by the Pro Bowl. <laughs> and so, so now, you know, are the 88 best players? Oh, I don't know. 88 and then, of players. course, yeah, you realize they're they're not going to. You know, I wrote about last week. Uh, oh, we've gone too long. I'm not going to start talking about my last week's column, but oh, we could. Our listeners can check it out instead. Patreon.com forward slash Mike Carlson FMTE. Get involved with that. Uh, subscribe to it. You will not miss a Carlson trick. Brilliant stuff. <laughs> Brilliant stuff, Carlson. At Carlson Sports, say you follow the big man on Twitter as well. How about we do it same time, same place next week? Okay. I did write about Pappy Lewis. Oh, he sounds great, Pappy Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I can throw this one in Go on, next go week. On. Next week. All right. We'll say join us next week yeah. for the Pappy next week Lewis to find story. out the story about Pappy Lewis. I'll have him coming back. Uh, brilliant stuff, Carlson. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> Vintage stuff as ever from Iron Mike. So much rolling around in my head as I'm sure your heads as well out there just trying to put together what we've just seen in the last 24, 48 hours. Incredible stuff incredible stuff and we're going again the conference championships four teams standing we are going to be looking into that in more detail later on this week pods dropping thick and fast edge rush i gotta say propo and i rolling again with the drew lock of the week that one is going to the wire uh so edge rush is dropping our preview show where we'll look in a much more detail at the championship games some special guests lined up for that as well so all of that to come uh, wherever you're listening to us, wherever you subscribe to us, it'll drop straight in. If you don't subscribe, if you just come across us for the first time, hello, good to have you with us. Make sure you do and you won't miss a pod. Shout out to all of you who tweeted us, got in touch on Instagram, at the NC show. Sorry if we didn't get to your question. We will aim to do it next week, next show. So keep, keep coming in, keep uh, keep coming in thick and fast and we will do our best to get down to it. Enjoy, get some kit. We'll see you later in the week. Podcast Network.